It's time for another episode of A Dad and a Daughter Talk Notre Dame Football. Now, from Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, and Belmont, California, here is Maggie and Matthew Paveo. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Happy Saturday morning. This is a special episode of A Dad and Daughter Talk, Notre Dame Football, coming to you live, well, on podcast, from the table again in Belmont, California. Maggie, back on the West Coast. How are you doing, Maggie? Pretty good. I'm a lot uh, well-rested. Well-rested is a good theme for the show. Maggie, back from Philadelphia for the week. Ready to go, and just like the Notre Dame football team, hopefully is well rested. Uh, bye week is an interesting uh, sort of thing with football teams. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. You know, it's a time to heal up. It's a time, like Maggie was saying, to get rested, but at the same time, it could be stale. Notre Dame's coming off a great, great win. You'd love to build off the momentum. So my question, Maggie, to you is: Is it great to have a bye week right now, or is it bad to have a bye week right now? I think there are only a few games this season where. A bye week, I mean, more than others. Of course, any bye week should be productive, whether we're playing Clemson or UNLV. But this is like one, I would say this game, the Clemson game and the USC game would be like the best three games to have yeah, a bye week right. before. So I'm fine with having one this early. The thing is, it is really early. It is. Um, I would rather kind of have it maybe before the Clemson game. Yeah. But well, for sure. this is what happened. I feel like usually we have the bye week like more in the middle, like a week later. But yeah. It, you know, Shamrock Series, it's a big game. I understand it. Right. To move everything out to Las Vegas, it's a new site for them, all that. Yeah, I agree with you, though. It's a good point that, you know, bye weeks can be good or bad. It really depends on their placement. And for sure, the placement of um, the game this early could be bad or good. I, I agree with you. It is a huge game for Notre Dame. So how comfortable are you going into this game with um, BYU? Well, I mean, after the bye week, I mean, we're going to talk about the BYU game in a minute. I don't mean give you your prediction. Just how, what's your comfort level? Um, I mean, I definitely feel better that we've had a little bit more time to prepare. I mean, always, I think more preparation is helpful. Um, and again, as I said, it's one of the better games to have a bye week before. Right. Um, because it's such a big game. So I would say I feel comfortable, but I don't know if I feel like more comfortable if we didn't have a bye week. Right. I, and I, I hear what you're saying, you know, especially with this team, you're, now you're, you're moved on to your backup quarterback. And I know Drew Bynes pretty, I was game ready, probably game one, um, as far as knowing the plays, as far as knowing what to do. Um, but I think other players, Steve Angeli, um, Tobias Merriweather, who we'll talk about in a bit, you know, Steve Angeli is an interesting one because really people have been talking, well, you know, maybe he comes in, especially after those Cal games and stuff, but, but he wasn't ready. And, and, we talked about, I think, here probably his best bet is to play in the UNLV game and to see what he's at. But bye week's going to help him. More snaps, and he's one play away from starting this team. I mean, one bad hit on Pine, one bad step, he's in. Um, so you know, Steve Angeli is, like like Marcus Freeman said this week, he's no longer a freshman. He is the next up if, if Drew Pine gets hurt. So uh, an extra week is gonna obviously going to help him. It did help a few players. Benjamin Morrison is the one we want to talk about. Benjamin Morrison, the freshman defensive back out of Phoenix, Arizona, got promoted this week to starting corner. And that is a position 
that um, was well-earned by some really nice play in the Ohio State game, really nice play in the North Carolina game. Those are two teams with really good passing attacks. Benjamin Morrison and Jaden Mickey also deserve some recognition. Two freshmen coming in and playing great. Um, what do you think about uh, Benjamin Morrison taking over for Clarence Lewis in this? Oh, not taking over, but I mean, at least starting ahead of Clarence Lewis in this game. I mean, I was surprised because... Um, I mean, I haven't always been the biggest fan of Clarence Lewis. I think that he sometimes shows a little well, – weakness think, is the wrong word. Yeah, but. I think we've been fans as far as we, we support him, but uh, at the same time, there have been some letdowns. Yeah, I feel like I've been a little bit more critical of Clarence Lewis than I have yes. been Benjamin Morrison. Oh, um, oh yeah. <laughs> just because of the time he spent right. with the team. Right, But um, I was surprised because I felt like Clarence Lewis had actually picked up a lot of his yeah. play this year. And um, Benjamin Morrison, you know, he's still a freshman. And I felt like at times he's like shown his youth when he's been playing, which, you know, makes sense. He's a true freshman. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was surprising to make that leap. But, you know, with other news in the program this week, it was interesting because it made me kind of think if there was something behind the scenes like Clarence Lewis potentially transferring, um, especially because we have more depth on defensive back, um, especially with these two freshmen coming in. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I think Benjamin Morrison's played really well. I think Clarence Lewis has done nothing to really lose his job. I think Benjamin Morris has done a lot to win the job, um, which is funny because uh, Benjamin, Clarence Lewis as a freshman was a standout and took, I, I don't remember who it was, but took somebody's job. Was It might have been, um, oh, what's his name? Houston Griffith? No. Uh, well, um, maybe Dante Vaughn? Oh, oh that's a long time ago. Yeah, um, I could be off. Nick McLeod? Maybe. Uh, anyway, Clarence Lewis, I we've always, we, I think we said it also here before, um, probably a safety that they moved a corner with his size. Uh, what do you think happens with Clarence Lewis? Because certainly I don't think Notre Dame needs a safety anymore. We not only have Brandon Joseph this year, we have, uh, what's his name? Who's the kid, the freshman coming in, one of our highest recruit, Peyton Bowen? No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Peyton Bowen coming in, um, hopefully. Uh, so we're pretty set at the safety position. So I don't know. If there, is there a spot for Clarence Lewis on this team moving forward if Benjamin Morrison ascends the way we think he's going to do? Marcus Freeman's saying nothing but great things about him. I mean, maybe this is just the determining factor today. Like, or not today, but like the next few games is we're going to start Morrison and then Clarence Lewis can kind of see um, if he wants to transfer or not. I mean, this is kind of the week, right, where you have to yes. talk about yes. eligibility well, and, I mean, um, and redshirting. It's kind of bad timing for Clarence Lewis because if he wants to redshirt this year, uh, I don't know his redshirt eligibility, but I believe he would have had to do it before this game. I think that we're going to get to Jacob Lacey here in a minute, um, but that's why he. You have to. It's after four games, so we've played four, and so if you play that fifth game, you have to. You know, so I don't know where Clarence Lewis stands on that. Um, also, you know, maybe he sticks out and maybe he becomes the nickelback that, I mean, Tariq Bracey stuck it out this year and uh, has had a great year. Probably now it's almost draftable, um, even just playing the nickelback. And that could be a spot for Clarence Lewis moving forward. If, again, if, I mean, this could all blow up. Benjamin Morris could be terrible today and Clarence Lewis needs to get back in there. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but all signs point to Benjamin Morrison being a star moving forward. Um What's up, Maggie? What do you also think of this helps? Does this help? I mean, must help recruiting. I, I mean that by we're playing freshmen. What do, you, what do you think about that? I think it's a good sign. And also, um, I mean, Marcus Freeman has shown that he's really good at recruiting. I mean, we have um, one of the higher classes we've had in the Yeah, in a bit. We were number one feature. for a while. Yeah. We might get back there. Um, so seeing that like players like Drake Bowen could be like 
playing next year right. is really a, a benefit um, for seniors looking to play at Notre Dame or juniors looking to play at Notre Dame because they can see themselves like immediately making an impact. Um, so I think it's, it helps recruiting a lot. For sure. And I think it's new. Uh, you know, Brian Kelly, one of his, I believe, faults was that he, he was, it was hard to play freshman. Now he might say, no, no, that was a strength that, that shows that you need to be prepared to get out on the field. Um, I think you need to show the freshmen that we're going to play you when you come and we'll play every man that we can. And, um, so I think it's a good sign that, that Marcus Freeman is obviously showing us that he is willing to play freshmen. All right. Let's get to the bad news of the week, at least our, our feeling for bad news. There, there's a silver lining to it, but Jacob Lacey is leaving the team. Uh, he is taking his redshirt year this year. Jacob Lacey, def- defensive tackle, had a great game against Cal. What do you think happened there, Maggie? I mean, he's doing what's best for him, which is important. Um, and at first I was a little confused because the Cal performance was right. still like fresh in my mind. So yeah. I was like, well, this is like his year to stand out. Um, but if he didn't see himself kind of being first on the depth chart and he's, I think a senior now, I think his red shirt year would be a graduate year. Yeah. Um, cause he did just grab, he is going to graduate from Notre Dame. Yeah. It was confusing, but understandable. Um, especially cause we have the depth. It's better for both parties in the end, hopefully depending on what team he latches on with. So I'm sad to see him go, but I think it's good for both parties. I, I think it shows a couple of things. Uh, and, and. I agree with you on almost all those points. I, I think it's best for Jacob Lacey to move on. I think it tells you that we have tons of depth at that position. Gabriel Rubio, I even made note of it last week watching the game that Gabriel, or against North Carolina, Gabriel Rubio was on the field. I mean, that hadn't happened in a while. And, and I bet if I made note of it, I'm sure Jacob Lacey made note of it. And Rubio, I think, will be us. I think he's just a great run supporter. I think he'll only get better at pass defense. Um, so... I have high hopes for Rubio, and I wish all the best for Jacob Lacey. I think he probably had a great game. He probably thought my market value has never been higher to make this move. It's a smart move. Get the get the degree from Notre Dame. Do all the right things that way. Go play for a, another Power 5 team, maybe closer to home. I forgot where he's from. Is it Tennessee? I don't remember. I don't remember. We'll have to look that up. Um, but wish him all the best and uh, hope that it all works out for Jacob Lacey because I think it will still all work out for Notre Dame. Now, how about a player that everyone's been talking about? And we just talked about playing freshman. Tobias Merriweather, people have been talking about him on all the chat boards. Where is Tobias Merriweather? How can we get him in the game? The, the five, four-star wide receiver, uh, top 50, I, th- I believe, recruit um, for Notre Dame coming in. Had supposedly had great summer camp, um, but has, has seen the – I think seen the field for four plays, I think, in four games. So what what's – one, what do you think – why do you think that is? And two, how, how can we get him on the field or, or should we? I have no idea why he hasn't been there because it's not like wide receiver is really a deep position we have. It doesn't totally. seem like right. – it's not like Michael Mayer is like the backup tight end is like this great yeah. player and we're not playing him. Right. Um, it's a wide receiver and we've only really been playing Lorenzo Styles. Right. Maybe a little bit of well, I mean, we play Lorenzo Styles, the only one that's been giving minimal yeah. productivity. Yeah, I mean, he had a nice catch and touchdown last week, but or two weeks ago. But it's just like, where are other wide receivers just in general? I mean, Tobias Mer- Merriweather, it makes me think, is something going on like academically because you know it's an it's a tough transition right. for a for um, freshman. freshman, right? Um, I just I think if he steps it up, then yeah. that's great to see. Um, I just really hope I this mean, doesn't turn out like another. 
Jordan Johnson, like right, exactly. have all this talent. We kind of just, he doesn't really it's make it of, academically. And then like he leaves the team, I mean, which it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I think we really, really, really have to be find plays to get him involved. I am concerned with him. Yes, exactly. Jordan Johnson, not so much the academic part, but just him not be getting on the field and then leaving or doing something else. All of a sudden he's playing for Washington or all of a sudden he's, you know, like for USC or something like that, you know, in this era, uh, where people transfer all the time, um, you got to be careful of all this. This is the new era of Notre Dame, you know, of college football. So I would think there's five plays you could run with him. And I think if you, if you get inside the 20, he's a big threat. He's what, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, long receiver, can get up and get balls in the end zone. I don't know why you're not playing him on the – I mean, it seems like one or two plays down by the goal line would be a good thing for Tobias Merritt. I hope – I hope it's not the opposite. I hope Tommy Reese doesn't have that same philosophy of like, we got to play guys when they're absolutely ready and mature, physically mature and all this. I, I agree somewhat with that, but I also agree get freshmen on the field. Like you said earlier, it helps with the recruiting also. And Notre Dame is in a fight for some recruits and to show them that, Hey, we're going to play you, man, when you get here, that's important. Um, but anyway, Tobias Mayweather, get on the field. We are in agreement. All right, let's get to the actual game. Shamrock series game a, a officially it's a notre dame home game it's being played in las vegas nevada there's been a lot of hype for this game uh byu comes in you know ranked team uh not getting some players back they've been injured they've been dinged up but they have their full squad with us so how big of a game is this for notre dame moving forward maggie i mean i feel like this is one of the biggest games yet um because i think the team is looking is looking better. Um, and this is a game I think we could actually, the Ohio State game, of course, was probably our biggest game yet. Right. But right. with that game, I felt like we were so, um, not out of our league, but like, it, it didn't feel like, it felt like it was going to be a stretch anyways to win the game. This one, I feel like we can win. BYU, you know, barely beat Utah State last week. And right. they've They're lost. down in that game. Yeah, they've lost to Oregon by a lot. And like, really, how good is Oregon? We still don't really know. Um, so I think BYU is a team that Notre Dame can beat, especially if they get the receiving game, which I say every week, um, but it still hasn't really happened. Um, so just adding that piece in and also, you know, it's the Shamrock series, high stakes game. It's going to be an interesting environment. So I agree with you. I think, and I think you make a good point. Notre Dame needs to play that full game. And in order to play a full game, which you'll have to do for sure, you'll have to do it to beat Clemson. You'll have to do it to beat USC. To play a full game, you need the wide receivers to come around. BYU, I think you probably could beat them without the wide receivers playing a full game, like, you know, an elite game. I think you could beat them with our running attack. I think we could beat them with our passes to Mayer and our backs out of the out of the uh, backfield. But uh, to get Notre Dame rolling, to take that next step, you're absolutely right on the offensive side of the ball. Notre Dame needs to hit their receivers and they need to be involved. Um, and that could just be scheme wise. Reese needs to find ways to get, we always say this, Braden Lindsay, the ball needs to find ways to get other people on the field that can make plays. Um, Tobias Mayweather again. Um, but um, I, I see this as a big game. If you look at it, the next set of four games. So the next set of four games being um, BYU, uh, Stanford, UNLV, and Syracuse, who's undefeated. You need to get a good good roll into those games. So this one's huge, huge. The bookends of this thing are huge. Uh, BYU, and it'll probably, a win over BYU probably gets them also back in the 20, top 25, depending on the score and how it looks. 
uh, which is always important. It's fine. It's good for recruiting for sure. Um, so what do you see happening in the game? I think we're going to keep it close. Um, I think it actually might come down to the fourth quarter, which I don't feel great about because, you know, we've talked about this in the past. Right. The last five minutes of the fourth quarter, we seem to kind of let up, and I really hope that that doesn't happen um, in this game. And I think that – I think Notre Dame's going to – I'm actually – you know, I don't like giving scores, but I think that Notre Dame's going to win this one, and I still won't give the score. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with you. And again, I, I left that part out, and you're, you're absolutely right. It, part of playing a full game is actually playing, uh, dominating the full game, which would be the last five minutes, which Notre Dame has struggled in all their games uh, this year. The, the, you know, um, uh, Freeman talked about finishing and things like that. He's changed his language. He's, he's now talking about execution, which I think is important. So let's execute for the rest, for the full game, um, I think is the way to go. And I, I see this. Yeah, I know you don't give scores. I will. I think it's 38-21, maybe 38-14 if the defense really shows up. 38-21, um, Notre Dame wins. I, I think rather, I'm going to call that handily, but that's pretty pretty good. I, I think they'll be in control. I think Notre Dame's a way better team than we're giving them credit for. I think they've figured out things. I think the extra week will help them solidify those things, especially with our offensive line. I think the offensive line is coming together. Blake Fisher's playing better. Joe Ault has been terrific. Um, and so, uh, you know, we haven't really talked about that, but the sophomore, maybe for a future podcast, the sophomore class of players is the one class that will, I see us in two years as being the team. Um, if we can keep everybody together, uh, Joe Ault and Blake Fisher as your tackles is just phenomenal. Um, and, you know, a couple more years with Harry Heastand, those guys will be just studs. Um, anyway, let's go to our, so I say 38-14 or 38-21, uh, Notre Dame wins. All right, offensive player of the game, Maggie. So I'm going with this new thing, hopefully, if I remember next week, <laughs> um, <laughs> right, write this down. where I'm going to just pick a wide receiver until we have a wide receiver stand out. So I'm running out of wide receivers to choose uh, because none of them have really stepped up. So I'm going with Matt Salerno this week, um, who used to be a walk-on. So this pick's a little odd for me. That's a good pick. I like it. But, you know, he's gotten – he had that big catch in the Ohio State game, yeah, I think. Yeah, it was yes, Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one yeah. With, uh, incredible catch. Catch of the year. Probably. Yeah. Um, He'll do great. <laughs> I'm sure, okay. This is Matt Salerno's game. Um, <laughs> you know, not picking Braden Lindsay, it's probably going to be his game. Um, but <laughs> yeah, he's going to have four touchdowns yeah. there, two touchdowns a day, one running, one catching. But yeah, Matt Salerno is my wide receiver of the week. Okay, I think we're we're actually following falling into a consistent pattern because I'm going with a guy that I pick seems like every week, or at least I feel I do. I'm going to pick him until he has a great week, and I hopefully it's this week. Is Chris Tyree? I think an indoor game on that turf. It's going to be a fast field. I think Chris Tyree's speed will be the fastest guy on the, on the field. I think we're looking at a couple breakout runs, maybe a breakout catch. Um, Chris Tyree will be the player of the game offensively. Uh, defensive player of the game, Maggie. I'm going to go with um, Isaiah Foskey, which might seem like an easy pick, but he's also been all No, like, no, I think it's a great pick. He's been like in all the promos for the Shamrock series, so I feel no, like it's true. only right. Um, <laughs> I think he's going to you know, apply pressure to the quarterback, kind of make him sweat a little bit. Um, I also feel like we haven't had the Foskey like signature game. He's yeah. played a little bit here and there. He had a good Cal game. Um, but this guy yeah. who's supposed to be a top 10 draft pick right. going into the year, um, I feel like he hasn't had his game yeah, yet. Yeah, he's a dominator full mm -hmm. game. I get what you're saying. And well, if you, and by your logic, why didn't you pick Michael Mayer? He's in the other ads too. I picked him last week, <gasps> ah, I think. And it doesn't go to your philosophy <laughs> yes. of like yes. making sure that yeah. yeah, you always pick uh, the same position group until they, they come for you. All right, I am going to pick... My person is going to be another person who is 
kind of a consistent pick of ours, uh, who has been struggling, I think, for his standards. I, I think for normally, um, he would be, you know, the, the games he's had have been fine. I think he's had a couple slip. Anyway, I'll get to it. Cam Hart is my pick uh, for player of the week. I think he, uh, defense player of the week, I think he's going to dominate in this game. I think he's going to shut down the receiving core, and uh, I think he'll get an interception this week. Maybe two. I'll throw that in there. How about that? Cam Hart, this will be the game where you're like, oh, yeah, Cam Hart's a first-round draft pick, uh, which some people have talked about before the season. But he hasn't, again, like your pick with Foskey, has not lived up to that quite yet, but but will, but will. All right, Maggie. All right, Maggie. We have a big, big game here with BYU. Um, it is the Shamrock series. So let's just shift gears just real quick and talk about the actual Shamrock series that started back in 2009. Um, I, I don't know if they're going to go away from it or not. It's kind of, you know, they discuss it all the time, and it seems to happen. So um, are you a fan of this, that, that they give up a home game to travel? Um, I think that if it was like a state program like if it, this was like cal doing it then i would be like oh. upset but um and I, if i was a cal fan Why? let me just oh, make yeah, that okay. clear um but it's notre dame and notre dame i feel like travels very well like one of the best maybe in the country yeah. um because their fan base is just national and international right. um so i think that it speaks to that to have a game okay. in vegas oh, yeah. um and it's it's interesting to get like a different site um but i also feel like vegas um, is interesting as like a place for these two very religious universities to play. <laughs> it's kind of an interesting um, confliction or con- conflict. conflict. Conflict, yeah. Um, so I, it's yeah. interesting. I, I, uh, I, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, um, there, there used to be a. I don't know if there still is a pretty good Mormon population in Las Vegas, but um, I, I don't know. I, I get it. I get they. It helps them with the recruiting. Supposedly, they can you know visit other parts of the the country, and it's probably great. Even on the other end, is tell recruits coming in. Hey, guess what? You get to play in Allegiant Field if you come here. You get to play at these pro football stadiums, which has got to be exciting for you know an eighteen year old kid. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm not a huge fan of it. I understand it, but you know what can you do at this point? I, we'll see how it goes today. I might be a better fan of it if they win today. Yeah, I'll say it that way. And um, how about the uniform? Let's do some uniform critique. Mm-hmm. Our, you know, we've talked to our expert here in the house, uh, our other daughter Stella, or my other daughter uh, Stella. And uh, what? Do you, but what are your take? Or was will you talk to her? What was her take on the uniform? She was pretty um, neutral. I think she yeah. thinks that she likes the um, traditional jerseys, which is just classic Notre Dame fan, liking the right. tradition better. Right. right. Um, Personally, I'm a little bit, it's a lot of gold and, um, you know, yeah. gold's nice, but I just feel, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just feel it's a lot of gold. Yeah. Uh, and I know BYU also has their uniform going on. So I think the, like, they have like all black uniforms. We it's have like all white blue, uniforms. Blue. Yeah. yeah. So that's like an interesting contrast. It's an interesting contrast, but I kind of like having like the green uniforms and then having like the gold helmet. I just feel like it's a lot of gold. Like our yeah. color is not gold. Yeah. I mean, it's blue, gold, and green. So yeah, I'm not a huge fan. A lot of white for me on it too. And I thought we're the home team. So I don't know. To me, it's, it's, I, it's not my thing. It's for the kids. They, the, the, the students like it. I know Oregon kind of started this way back, changing uniforms all the time and they have cool uniforms and it's fun to do, but you, they're Oregon, you're Notre Dame. I would stick like, I'm a traditionalist, I guess I would stick with the tradition. I think the green Jersey, I'd wear that once a year and be done with it. But if this helps with recruiting, if this helps with everything, I'm all, okay, I'm on board. You know, in the end, it's just win the game. I don't care what you're wearing, win the game. Uh, but 
even as far as Shamrock series uniforms, this one's kind of middle of the road. I'm not a huge fan of it. It's not as bad as some of the other ones in the past, but there have been better ones. All right. Enough of the game. Let's talk picks. Maggie, um, we have been struggling on our picks. And uh, why don't you introduce our first picks? Yeah. So I am sadly 12 and 15 right now. Um, but we both went three and two last week. So I'm I'm hopeful that this week um, – I, I was looking at those picks, and originally I was going to say I'm going to keep it a little bit more um, safe this week. But then I looked at some of the picks I made or some choices I've made, right. and I realized I'm not actually sticking to that. Um, but our first game that we have picked is uh, Utah versus UCLA, which okay. is interesting. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You can go first on this one. Okay. Um, let's see here. I am going to go with Utah. I think Utah is a really good team. I think they had one bad game to start the season, and it was rough. And you know, you're playing in the swamp. I think they put it together. I think they're going to, uh, and I think it actually will be more like a home game for Utah than it will be for UCLA. UCLA hasn't been putting anybody in the seats in the Rose Bowl, and I think Utah traveled for this one. So I'm going with Utah. I'm going with UCLA. They're four and zero. I think. I think yeah. Utah uh, yeah. also might. No, or, Utah lost lose? to Florida. Yeah. Okay then. Um, right. I Utah's always this playoff candidate. I don't really see it. So I'm going to go with UCLA. Okay. Um, next we have a game that's actually already started, um, which is Tennessee versus LSU. Right. Yeah, it started with a <laughs> team's mistake. Yeah. Way to go, Brian Polian. Uh, I'm going to go with LSU, though. I, I This home team, uh, yeah, I know. I'm going with LSU. Brian Kelly in a big game scares me, uh, So, but I'll still go with LSU. Home to home game. No, I'm going with Tennessee. And by the way, I made this pick before the game started, just letting everyone right, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I guess Josh Heupel's good. Tennessee is an interesting team. Um, I don't like LSU. That's oh. what it comes down to. Um, <laughs> our next game is also started already, but it's yeah. TCU versus Kansas. Both a ranked matchup. Um, I'm choosing Kansas on this one because I love a good narrative, and Kansas is For kind sure. of pulling that out this year. So um, go yeah. Kansas. I, I like a good narrative too, but I – but I also like a winner. I'm going with TCU. Um, this game is one of the games where I became a little unhinged. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's Texas A&M versus Alabama. Bryce Young being questionable really got me. Um, I'm going to pick Texas A&M, right. which I don't feel confident about. But I already made the pick, so uh, I'll be sticking to it. I'm going with Alabama. I think the backup quarterback is pretty electric, and we'll see what happens. I just also think that Texas A&M has nothing on offense and will struggle to score points against the best defense. Well, they're them or Georgia. Um, a great, I'll just say, against a great defense. So I'm going with Alabama. Um, the last game I have here, I know the Red River rivalry is going on, Very but good. I chose to skip it because both those teams are subpar this year. Um, and it was <laughs> worth better. noting. Yeah. <laughs> so instead, we're picking Florida State um, at North Carolina State. North Carolina State's ranked, I think, like 14. Yeah, something like that. They, they just lost to Clemson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, both I- of these teams just lost their first game of the year. Yeah, I'm going to go with Florida State. Um, I don't really buy into the North Carolina State. I don't know if I buy into Florida State, mm-hmm. um, but why not mix it up? I'm going North Carolina State. I do buy into North Carolina State. I think they just struggled for a bit in the Clemson game, and it cost them. So I'm going to go with um, North Carolina State. So there we go, Maggie. Good luck. We're upset, I think, on every pick. So that's mm-hmm. good. We'll see. This could be your time to catch up, or this could be I don't know. nighty night match. I don't know. All right. Well, here we go. Shamrock Series is on uh, in Vegas. Maggie, any last thoughts? Have a good Shamrock Series, everyone. All right. Go Irish.
Thank you for listening. Join us next Friday night for another episode of A Dad and a Daughter Talk Notre Dame Football.